Turn to the book of Jude, if you would. Thank you, Pastor Ray. I appreciate that. So glad that you could be here um, for that this occasion. And thinking of Joe's last verse, as was mentioned, it's such a great verse, acknowledging him. You can't always see what's at the end of the path. And some of you, your children are small right now. And let me encourage you to make the investment, make the right decision. You'll never regret plugging into the church, rearing them the way that the Bible demands that you rear them. Uh, but you say, well, there's an easier way. There's not an easier way. Uh, you have to make decisions now. You have to face things now, or you'll face the consequences of not doing the right things down the line. But uh, certainly um, want to encourage you to do that. I'm not going to preach long tonight. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not joking when I say that this time. I mean it this time. Um, uh, but I want to make some comments from the book of Jude. Of course, this is a, a serious matter. We met with the, um, the ordination council yesterday and um, reminded them of their, our responsibility as a church. And uh, when we ordain a man, we are putting our endorsement on him. Uh, Acts chapter 13 speaks about this, and I'll probably read a verse or two from there at the end of the service. Uh, as God calls a man and separates a man, uh, we as a church, we commission him. Uh, we put our approval uh, on him in a sense that uh, he's, they're where they should be doctrinally. Uh, we can see the working of God in their life, and it's not something to be trite with. We as a church, a night like tonight, is, is, is different than a normal Sunday night service, but I hope it reminds Joe and Nettie of their responsibility to a church who would invest in them, although we don't know them very well, uh, but also it's a responsibility to us as a church to continue to do what we're supposed to do and commanded to do by Scripture and know that uh, God has blessed us. We have ordained many, many who are serving the Lord all around this world. And so uh, when they do come back from time to time, they, we have a responsibility to be the same church. We have a responsibility to stand with the same place that we have always stood. And so I want to look into the book of Jude very uh, quickly tonight. And uh, I'll give you the title of, of my, my, my message tonight. It's, a, it's, it's very simple, a challenge to the church. This is a challenge to the man that we are ordaining tonight, but it's a challenge to all of us. Jude, chapter number, any guesses? One, verse number one, follow with me. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation... It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Skip down to verse number 20, if you would. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Father, I pray that you would use the time remaining. May our thoughts, our minds, our hearts be in tune uh, with what you have for us at the remainder of the night. 
And Father, I pray that as we <clears throat> look at this scripture, may we all be challenged as a church. Certainly, uh, this, this, this man being ordained, this couple, uh, we certainly uh, want them to heed the challenge. But us as a church, may we understand and, and realize what is being said tonight. May we be reminded by it. May we be better for it. May the cause of Christ be better for it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Jude is a unique book in the sense that there is a strong admonition and warning from the pen of Jude. We read the first three verses and we're reminded of some very important things. We are reminded, uh, first of all, that there is a common salvation. Uh, it's the same, we get saved the same way. And uh, you heard mentioned that Joe feels uh, called to the mission field. And certainly we had a missionary this morning and, and uh, he feels like Russia uh, is, is what God has placed on his heart. And you say, well, that's not, that's between God, it's God's responsibility to put him where God wants him and uh, God can do all those things. But the point I'm making is people get saved in Russia the same way they get saved in America. They get saved in Iceland the same way they get saved in America. It's a common salvation. It's a faith available to every man everywhere. And we're reminded that there's a, we should earnestly contend for the faith. My faith is something worth dying over. Uh, where you park, I don't really care. Uh, where you sit, I mean, you throw me off. Some of you keep moving around. But, but other than that, it's not a big deal. But my faith is a big deal. Uh, the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, that's a big deal to me. Uh, the fact that he lived a sinless life, that's a big deal to me. Uh, I'm, there's no wavering in there. And see, we, we need to understand this. And it's something that every Christian needs to realize that faith, once delivered to the saints, we're supposed to contend for. Uh, we're supposed to battle for. We're supposed to defend. It is not up for negotiation with me. Well, can, can you get, there's a lot of things, I, I'm, an easy, I'm an easy person to get along with, but don't challenge my faith. I will die for my faith. I hope I don't ever have to. But I believe I'm willing to because it is the faith. It's the most important thing we have. Without our faith church, we don't have church. We have a, country, we have a, we have a, we have a glorified country club that gets together and throws around religious words. Uh, but it's our faith that makes us what we are. So we're to contend for our faith. We're reminded of our faith. Why would you begin this epistle, this letter with that? Because then from verse 4 down to where we read our scripture, he's going to remind us, he's going to remind the church that there are some men who are crept unawares. They come in with an agenda that's against the faith. And just very, very quick, quickly, uh, this is why we had, this is what I have faced in all of my studies on, on a lot of the emerging church things I've taught is like, well, so-and-so wouldn't do that. That's the definition of crept in unawares. They creep into a movement. They creep into a church. They can creep into your home. And we've got to be very, very careful. And he, Jude doesn't speak very nicely about them. Jude is very pointed that you have to guard those who would teach against the faith. And certainly, I would remind Joe tonight that that's certainly you better. And it was, the council is always interesting when we have these young men in here and we have their statement of faith. And I think Joe just copied it off our website. And so uh, we were... We were on, so if I had a problem with it, that was my problem, I guess. But uh, uh, no, you watch them and you see what they believe and you're thankful they've been taught right. 
And I'm thankful that uh, both of them, I mean, I haven't known them very long, but they certainly fit into our ministry. It's obvious. And that reminds us as a common faith, as a common salvation, and when God places us all together. And, and uh, some of those questions just asked, and I, I want to remind you that those things are important. Faith is important. It's important for you to know what you believe. It's important for you to know why you believe it. And it's an honor for us as a church, Brother Joe, for you to choose us to ordain you. And I hope the church under, understands what an honor that is. Um, we were not the only choice that he had, um, but uh, I'm thankful and I'm honored by that, um, that he would choose us to do it. So there's a great responsibility to us as a church to hold the faith. But I'll say to you, there's a great responsibility to you to keep the faith. Um, I won't have a problem saying, send your ordination certificate back if you leave the faith. Um, we must, because that's what it's all about. Well, can't we, we just be in this about world evangelism? Without the faith, there's no, there's no world evangelism. I would challenge you to hold to the faith. But what my challenge tonight that I want, I want you to, to pay close attention to in the church to be challenged tonight is found in verses 20 through 24. The first few verses that I read gives us context. But then as Jude addresses all of these things, which we are aware of, the importance of the faith, that there are some who would subvert the faith. We come to the end of the letter, and there's some things that Jude reminds the church, reminds the Christian that I want to remind all of us tonight. Let me say, number one, and Joe, I'll challenge you in this. Nettie, I'll challenge you this, but I want to challenge all of us tonight. Number one, let me say, continue to grow. Look at me at verse number 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude admonishes, because of all of these things, build up yourself. You know, it's God's divine plan for the local church. It's God's divine plan for to be the pastor of that local church to help shepherd. That's God's plan. But it's also God's plan for each child of God to build up themselves, is to build on their own faith. And I would challenge you to continue to grow. Um, it's always an interesting thing when, what questions am I going to be answer, asked in the council? I uh, just quote the Bible from beginning to end, and then we'll call it a day. Well, it's a book that can never be mastered. And as times like this, I think back to when I was ordained, I realized how much I did not know. Now that I've been pastoring all this time, there's still so much I do not know. You can't master God's book, but what I want from each and every one of us is we should be growing. Too many Christians are too hard on themselves in the sense that when they, they, don't, they don't do as well as they should, yes, we should still be striving, but we want to grow from day to day, year to year. Uh, I hope I have not stopped growing. I want to continue to grow in my own Christian life. And let me just be a challenge to challenge all of us tonight. You've been saved for a long time. You've been a member even of Emmanuel Baptist Church for a long time. You have, not, you do have not got to a place where you don't need to grow. You continue to grow. Well, Pastor, I've been saved for 50 years. Okay, I'm glad you've been saved. I'm glad you've been faithful this time. You can still grow. You can still grow as a Christian. You can still grow in areas of your life. And I would challenge all of us tonight, build up yourselves. How do you do that? You do that in the Word of God. And we see in verse number 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. You must have the Holy Ghost you must have his work in your life. You must yield to him if you are going to grow. And I would challenge our preacher tonight. I would challenge you. Don't hinder the work of the Spirit of God in your own life. I don't have the time that I'd like to take tonight. But sin hinders us, hinders the work of the Spirit of God. Pride 
hinders the spirit of the word of God, of the, of the Holy Spirit of God. And so let me challenge you tonight to continue to grow. Number two, look at me at verse number 21, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Let me say tonight as, the, as uh, to all of us, a challenge to all of us, keep the right focus. Keep the right focus. You're going to discover that there's going to be a lot of people that are around you that have an opinion about what you should do. And besides your wife. Um, well, you sure you need to go to Russia? You sure you ought to do this? You sure you ought to do that? You sure you ought to do things this way? You keep the right focus. We live in a world where we are inundated with information and opinion. And let me say to the church, we should not let social causes determine our focus. We should let this book determine our focus. We should not let our circumstances determine our focus. We ought to let this book determine our focus. Keep the right focus. Notice what the Bible says, keeping yourselves in the love of God. Why do you do what you do? I hope it's because you love God. Well, our love for Him will keep us doing the things that we ought to do. Keep the right focus. Oh, we, we served today, didn't we? You served in the nursery. You served as an usher. You served in Sunday school. You ran on the bus today. Whatever you did, nursing home, whatever it was today. You sang in the choir. You, you came early for practice. You served in some capacity. Well, I'm thankful that you love your church enough that you would do it. And some of you do because you know it's a help to your pastor. I appreciate that. But do what you do because you love God. And the more we focus on him and the more in love we fall with in him, the, the, the harder it is to keep us away from the things that we do for him. Because there's going to be days you just don't feel appreciated. I have that day every Monday. Oh, you just don't feel, nobody acknowledges what I did. I hit that note perfectly. Well, one or two things, either you didn't, or you know what? Everybody else is concerned about what they're doing. The point I'm making is do what you do because you love God. Keep the right focus. Serve Him because you love Him. Looking, what, look at about looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and we look for His return. Keep the right focus. Well, I want our church to grow, and I thank the Lord. I praise the Lord that our church is growing. God is blessing our church. I praise the Lord for that. We're going to do what we're going to do, whether we grow or not, because I'm waiting for his return. We're going to do what we're supposed to do, whether it's popular, because Jesus is coming back. I made a statement Wednesday night, and after I made it, I was like, that's pretty good. I don't want to be raptured from the pig pen. I don't want to be raptured from a place of stagnation in my Christian life. How does that happen? We lose focus. We lose focus on him. But Joe, keep the right focus. Your love for God uh, will keep you heading in the right direction. Let me say number three tonight. You can make a difference. Look at verse number 22 and verse 23. And of some having compassion, making a difference. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. I'll try and keep my comment short tonight, but I want to remind all of us, we can make a difference. You can make a difference. I don't think there's enough emphasis on that amongst God's people. 
You know, if you made a positive influence on somebody today, you made a difference. You showed up in your place today, you made a difference. You served, you made a difference. You're faithful, you made a difference. Sometimes we look at our insignificance, and it is true that without God, we truly are insignificant, and sometimes we think this world revolves around us, don't we? We, we think everything is determined by our, our viewpoint. It's all about us. And in the grand scheme of eternity, in the grand scheme of the, the magnitude of this world, everything that's going on, we're really not that big. But we make a difference. That's what makes us important. I want to live my life making a difference in the life of other people. How empty of a life to live it and not make a difference for the cause of Christ. Well, you serve the Lord in some capacity through the church, you're making a difference. I want to look very quickly, and Brother Joe, I want to remind you that you can make a difference. Uh, we sometimes look at what we don't have, the circumstances that we are, are dealing with, the, 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 the life that we, uh, the things that have come in our life, where we come from, and we need to be around and we make a difference. It's very simple. And if some have compassion, there's somebody that you can love, you're going to be the only one that does. Um, there's people that cross our path. And if somebody would just care for them, we can make a difference. People don't care. We live in a day when everyone wants to talk about how, show how smart they are. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Teachers that make a difference are the ones that not necessarily knew all of the material, although that's quite important, but that you felt like they cared. Everybody has played in sports when they were young. Well, as a coach, I knew he was hard on me, but I knew he cared. Wait, people want to know that somebody cares for them. You have compassion. Some pull with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Uh, don't ever stray from the message of the gospel. Some people don't like to hear preaching on hell. Some say with fear, pulling them from the fire. Let me very quickly notice this last part of verse 23. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. I believe this is talking about our own separation, our own holiness. We live in a day when holiness and separation have become a bad word amongst Christians. Well, if we're going to talk about separation and holiness, what's wrong with living a life that's pleasing to God? Nothing. But there's a lot right with it. Especially in ministry and as a preacher, you have a responsibility to be an example. Your greatest enemy, Brother Joe, is yourself. But that's true of all of us. It's my greatest enemy is also Brother Joe. No, my greatest enemy is myself. Your greatest enemy is yourself. The person you have the hardest time with is you. We have a responsibility to live a clean life. Let me challenge both of you to live a clean life. Uh, let God use your life in the greatest way. You can make a difference. And then finally, my last comment won't be the last thing I say, but my last point I want to make tonight 
It's found in verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Number four, finish. This is an exciting time for you. Can't tell by looking at your face, but this is an exciting time for you. It's an exciting time for a preacher to be ordained into the ministry. That call that you felt at a youth camp or a church service or as a young man, that's something that was out there. And then getting to the point, you train and you prepare for that. And then I talked to the pastor about getting ordained, and he, he didn't laugh. He said yes. And I even got the boat. It was close. We had to recount yesterday, but we, we got him through. And this is exciting. It's exciting for those that love you. It's exciting for those that have invested in you. It's exciting for a church even those that may not know you very well. This is an exciting time in your life. But it's just a start. A lot of people start. Not as many finish. One of the great testimonies of this church is so many. You've been here a long time. And I'm not just talking about tonight. But you've been here a long time. What a wonderful thing when the Lord does decide to call us home to be faithfully serving where God's planted us. Well, that's a wonderful thought. That ought to be a goal of each and every one of us. But Joe, my my, the last challenge from, and challenge to all of us is to finish. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a perfect man by any stretch, and I hope I'm not close to the end of my journey, but if I've done anything right, it's just a lot of, when I was a young man, I was challenged by uh, my father, who is my pastor, and other men, such as Dr. Hiles and others who I heard preach, and just challenged to determine what you believe and never stray from it. Determine that you were just going to do what God has commanded you to do, and there's so much to that determine. I would challenge you and you and your wife to have further conversations and determine that you're just, you're going to finish. Too many people quit. When we quit, we hurt people. We hurt the cause of Christ. I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel led to, to say this tonight. There might be somebody in this room that you're this close to quitting. You've been thinking about, let, I'll pull back my church attendance and it's not going to be as much as it was. I'll, I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to get all the way in. Well, don't quit on the person who died on the cross for you. Don't, don't, don't quit on those who've invested in you. Well, I, I can't quit because people have put their life into me. I've got to continue on. And quite, frank, quite frankly, there's been many who've invested in me and they quit. They don't let me off the hook. I want to finish. But if you don't finish, if you quit, you're going to hurt somebody. Oh, finish. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. It's one thing to say, I just want to please God and I don't want to quit. I want to finish well. It's another thing to do it. How are you going to do it? Now unto him that that is able to keep you from falling. 
falling from what? Falling to what we're warned about in the book of Jude. The false teaching, the false doctrine. The things that are against this book. You and your flesh and your knowledge and your wisdom, while that may aid you, it can't keep you from falling. You have to depend on God. Each and every one of us, you're not going to make it through this Christian life without depending on God. Your talent's only going to get you so far. Your ability's only going to get you so far. What you know is only going to get you so far. Who you know is only going to get you so far. But it's God who will give us what we need, complete dependence on Him. He is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. The older I get, Brother Joe, and the longer I'm in the ministry, the more my desires change. I just want to finish. I want to finish faithfully. The aspirations I had as a younger man, I mean, I remember when I got ordained, I was going to get ordained on Sunday night, the world was coming to Christ on Monday. I'd already penciled it in. I want to do a great work for the Lord. I want to impact people for the Lord. But I want to use my life and I want to finish. This is an exciting time for you. It's an exciting time for our church. Finish. That trumpet can sound tonight. There'll be no regrets when that trumpet does sound for those who stayed faithful. No regrets. There'll be, there's no regrets for the saint when they come and they take that last breath and they've stayed faithful to the things of God. There's not a regret. Well, you're going to meet your Savior. Boy, a challenge for the church for us tonight is to, to know that we can make a difference, to be faithful, to finish. You know, I would just encourage this couple, and I would encourage all of us as a church to continue to encourage them and the, uh, the others who are like them, who are uh, counting on us. This is our greatest investment, is the, is the next generation. So I challenge you, and I'll go to a closing prayer in just a moment. I want you to determine, I want you to determine, I want you to look back on this night with fondness, and I want you to look back on this night, and... and uh, it's a, it's a significant time in your life and ministry, but it is just the beginning. I hope tonight you'll determine that you'll finish in church. Uh, why don't we all determine that we're going to finish? That we're not going to quit. The pastor, as long as it's easy, well, it's been nice seeing you uh, because it's not easy. Well, as long as it's a message that's readily received, well, this world is turning more and more and it's getting less and less receptive as far as the gospel goes in many cases. Well, let's determine tonight to finish. Father, I pray that you would use this simple challenge, the words that have been spoken.